Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. That being said, are you ready to study the Word of God? Yes or no? Oh, it's going to be so much fun. We are actually at the last, the very last uh, uh, session of encountering Jesus and experiencing life. This has been a very long series once I got back from sabbatical, and, um, and it's been a great series. We've had so many testimonies of, uh, of transformations that people have seen in their life as they encounter uh, Jesus. And at the end of the service, we're all going to encounter Jesus together. We're going to do something together that actually God just laid upon my heart last night. I was going to take the, the, the service in a little different of a direction this morning. And last night as I'm trying to go to bed, sometimes God just speaks to me when, I, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in bed. And I think it's because I'm finally quieting my mind enough to actually hear from him. And are you like that? Is anybody else like that? Like sometimes he just speaks to me at nighttime. And I think it's because all day long my, my mind just stays busy. I, my, my, my wife calls me ADD boy. Uh, because I, I really do think I have ADD in that my mind is just always going. It's always, it's always going. But at nighttime, um, it's sometimes hard for me to get to sleep because my mind goes. But that's at the same point that I, that I quiet myself enough that, that, I, that God just starts speaking to me. And there's a way that we're going to end the service today. Then we're going to do it all together. It's going to be powerful. You're going to have an encounter with Jesus this morning if you want to have that encounter. Because how many know he's here in the room right now he's with us right now and he wants to do something powerful in you and he wants you to live a life of faith and a, a life of um, boldness in him. Matthew 8, 23 is where we're going to go as we study this last encounter. This is a, an encounter that Jesus had with his disciples, a very famous encounter. We're going to read straight through it, then I'm going to teach from it a little bit. Matthew 8, 23, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. So it was a bad one. But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Let, let me ask you a question. For those in this room that are going through storms this morning, just storms in life. Would he be saying that to you right now? Hey, why, why are you afraid? I, I don't understand. Where's your faith? Why, why are you afraid? And, and I know you would answer them probably the way the disciples would. Like, uh, hey, hello, are you not looking around? Do you not see what's happening? Do you not see what's happening in the winds and the waves? Or do you not see what's happening in my life? Well, of course, I'm nervous, Jesus. But watch what happens. He says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So we find the disciples, these followers of Christ, in the middle of a storm. And yet, I want to point out something that maybe you missed on the way into this portion of Scripture, but it was the very first verse that we read, it says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. The, meaning this, everybody. Jesus, knowing all things, 
I, I, I guarantee you Jesus knew what was about to happen. And his disciples, while following Jesus, found themselves in a mess. While following Jesus, they found themselves in the middle of a storm. Can I tell you something, all of you children of God? Even when you're following Christ, you're going to find yourself in a storm every now and then. You're going to find yourself in a storm. Well, what have I been doing wrong to deserve this? Could have been nothing. The disciples would look at, well, Jesus, what did we do to deserve this? We thought you were going to, and we, we thought everything was going to be fine, but here we are, and we're scared, and, and why are you sleeping, Jesus? Like, where are you? Why aren't you here with us? Why aren't you, why aren't you dealing with this the way that we think you should be? And Jesus looks at them and says, come on, guys. Where's your faith? You could say it like this. Can I put it in today's vernacular? Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't you know by now that I got this? Don't you know by now that you're going to be fine? Don't you know? By, haven't you experienced enough so far to know that I'm trustworthy and that you're going to make it? Because let's face it, everybody here in this room, you have some things in, in your past that you thought were going to take you down, but here you are. Come on, everybody. Help me preach a little bit. Here you are because you found out Jesus was there. And as you're following him, sometimes it's so easy to be following Jesus and you find out yourself in a storm and you think, well, I was, I've been following Jesus. Why would I be in this storm? Can I teach you a few things about storms? In fact, as I, as I knew this was the last encounter I wanted to share with you, it, it kind of uh, it tripped my, my, my memory a little bit. And, and I went back years and years ago to something that, that I learned years ago. I want to share with you again today that about storms, and this is going to make all the sense in the world to you. So number one, write this down, that storms are, first of all, inevitable. Isn't that a great word? It just flows from the tongue, doesn't it? Inevitable. <laughs> inevitable. For all of you Marvelites out there, there you go. Storms are inevitable. John 16, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world. Now, now, now in, 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 in contrast, not in, not in his world, not in eternity, not in heaven, but in this world, you will have trouble. We don't like that verse, do we? Like, that's one of those, take the magic Bible eraser and just erase that out. Because that's what we would rather do, right? In this world, we won't have any trouble. Would you rather it read like that? But it doesn't. And in God's sovereignty and his wisdom, and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we see in this world, you will have trouble. There's going to be some storms, but take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. But take heart. Hey, you're going to have some troubles, but don't worry. I'm going to show myself victorious. I'll prove, I'll prove myself victorious if you just hang in there, if you just keep trusting, if you just keep believing. But yeah, we have this inevitable storm that hits. And a lot of times people just you know, open up their hands and say, but God, why would you do this to me? Can I, can I just address that just for a moment? And I do this about once a year. I just try to remind you on occasion 
that for those of you who would say, God, why would you do this for me? That there is no evil in God. But we do have a very real enemy. So why blame something on God that was not from God? It's from our enemy who's very active in the world today. And yet how easy it is. God, why, and, and isn't it something, everybody, how easy it is in the moment? God, why did you do this to me? Isn't it easier to blame the one who loves you the most than the one who is the enemy it's like you when you were a child or maybe your own children and they, they, they have a, a friend and they start hanging around this friend and because of this friend who's a bad influence, they get in trouble and then you as a parent go to that child, your child, and say, hey, uh, we're not going to do that. In fact, here's some discipline in your world to take care of that. Well, why? you're so bad, mom. You're so bad, dad. Why would you do this? And you know full well that you're doing the, what's best for them and it's actually the friend that's being the enemy in their life, but they're pointing their finger at you as if you're the enemy. But you're the one who loves them most. And don't we have the same tendency as children of God to point our finger at our Heavenly Father who loves us the most and blame Him as if He's evil? As if He would ever purposely hurt you or wound you? As if He would do anything that is bad? Because we... Forget we have a very real enemy, and our enemy isn't God. God is a very present help in times of trouble, the Bible says. And so we run to him with arms saying, Father, take me, instead of not, we don't run to him with fingers pointing at him saying, You're to blame. Storms, they're inevitable. You will have conflict, you will have trials. In this world, but could you just remember who your enemy is? And I promise you, it's not God. In fact, He is our Savior. He's not our enemy. Come on, everybody, that'll preach. Second thing, storms are unpredictable. Storms are unpredictable. Jeremiah 4:20. Disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter in a moment. They are unpredictable. They just come out of nowhere. Well, where did that come from? How did that just happen? I, I, I say this phrase a lot to remind people that you never know what a day holds. How many times have you heard me say that? You never know what a day holds. As a pastor who receives phone calls on, on people's worst days, can I tell you, you never know what a day holds. You don't know. So the two things that you have to remember, because storms are unpredictable, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. The second thing is you've got to stay ready. Can I, can I just uh, give you a personal example here that is funny, but no doubt you've been there too. I'm, I'm guessing I'm not the only one. But one time I had a, 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 um, a morning um, where I was just... Uh, I don't know how to say this, but you know, pastors aren't perfect, right? So this is a little confession on my part. I had a morning in which I was just disobedient to God. They're like, you pastor? Yeah. Yeah, me. How many else, how many of you have been disobedient to God? You better get your hand up. <laughs> don't leave me hanging. 
And I was disobedient from, to, to God. And because sin bothers me, you know, the rest of the day, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe. Why would I do that? I know better than that. And, and then you're, and you're, and you're like feeling guilty all day. And then somebody calls and says, Pastor, I need prayer right now. And, and the problem with that, they, they came into a storm and I wasn't ready for, for, for helping them because of my own guilt and my own, my own disconnection with God. Like, how can I, this is what I was thinking at the moment. How can I pray a prayer of faith when I just acted like I acted this morning? Have you ever been there? How can I believe for that when I'm such a weakling, a Christian weakling today? How, how can God hear me when I, when I, when I just disobeyed him? See, what, what was, what was the, the matter? The matter was, I wasn't ready for that storm that day. I wasn't ready to, to, to pitch in and help. And, then, and, and actually, I, I told him, I, this is, I just told him, hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm going to pray for you, but I want, I want to call you back in a minute. Can you just take my call in a minute? Well, yeah, pastor. And I said, I promise you, nothing is more important. This is just something I have to... I have to do really quick before we talk. And, I, and they said, absolutely. So they hung up the phone. And I just fell to my knees and said, Father, I am so sorry. I'm, I'm extra sorry now. Because I realize I needed to be a man of faith right here in this moment. And my own sin has kept me mentally from being the man of faith that I should have been right here, right now. Would you forgive me? And God, of course, is gracious to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And I felt that and I knew that and I embraced the word of God. And I called this person back and said, I'm ready to pray now. Okay, Pastor. And I never told them. They, they, they could be here in this room right now. I never told them what was the problem. But I called them. When I called them back, I was the man of faith that I should have been when they called the first time. So storms are unpredictable. And you have, if you get just catch, if you catch nothing else, catch this. Storms are unpredictable, so we need to be ready, and we need to stay ready, because you don't know what a day holds. You don't know, even if your world is great, it might not be great in somebody else's world, who's going to be needing to borrow your faith in a moment of weakness, and you have to have faith for them. And not just words, not just, okay, God, well, we know that you're, and I'm going to say all the right things because I hopefully that will make you feel better. No, when, when I'm praying for somebody, I don't want to just pray some, some right words so, so they, they just think I'm believing for them. I want to pray words that I fully believe and adhere to and embrace and declare under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. I want to be that type of faith-filled believer, everybody, to you. So we need to be ready, and we need to stay ready, not only for the storms of life that we face, but for the storms of life that others face that we're supposed to help them through. This is great stuff. Number three, storms are impartial. They're impartial. Roman, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, 45. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Let me say it this way, everybody, that no one is exempt from storms. They are inevitable, but they also are impartial. 
Well, Pastor Justin, does that mean you go through storms too? You, you know I do. I certainly do. I've never, never met a man or woman of God who hasn't gone through storms. In fact, we have this saying in, in, in pastoral world that maybe you've heard before, the bigger the level, the bigger the devil. And it means the closer you get to God, the more attacks you're going to experience. The more that you're accomplishing for, for, for Christ, the more attacks you're going to experience. The bigger the levels, the bigger the devils. Like you're going to face some things. And I'm telling you, every that's why you need to cover your pastors in prayer. Because we face things. We face things. Because we're accomplishing things for the kingdom, there are things that we face. And we need to protect one another and pray for one another. Could I just encourage you guys to do, could I, could I encourage you to pray for your pastoral staff as much as your pastoral staff prays for you? I think that's a fair trade-off, everybody. That's just my own opinion. That you should be praying. I'm just, this, this is so, this is so, um, um, you, you might say, well, that's so self-serving. But new song, I need you. I need you to pray for me. And you need me to pray for you. And let's do that. Let's pray for one another. Let's cover each other in prayer. No one is exempt from storms. Number four, here's some, if you're just like, okay, well, give me the good news. Here we go, everybody. Storms are temporary. Storms are temporary. Psalm 34, verse 17 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help, and he rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles. Like, hey, hey, if you love Jesus, storms are inevitable. They're unpredictable. They're impartial. The righteous people face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Meaning this, everybody, as you're going through a storm, maybe you're going through a storm today. Listen to your pastor. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Well, how? I don't know. I'm not God. But you're going to make it. I say this all the time, and maybe you've been one of the many dozens, dozens, hundreds of people that, I, that I've sent this to, emailed it to, texted to, messaged to. God's got this. That whatever you're facing, God's got this. You're going to make it. This is a storm. No, no doubt it's a storm. No doubt you're troubled. No doubt you're broken. No doubt you're, you're disheartened and confused and Fearful, but you're going to make it. New song, you're going to make it. But God's got this. So as a follower of Christ, then, you're called to do something. Number one, write it down. You're called to rest in Christ. To rest in Christ. What was Jesus doing during the middle of the storm? He was resting. Why? Because he knew he was going to make it. I'm going to make it. It's going to be fine. There's no, reason, there's no reason for me to stay awake tonight and worry until 3 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be fine. I can just go to sleep knowing that God is good, and then he's got this. You say, well, that, that's easier to say than it is to live out. And yet we're called to live it out. That's how we're called to live life, to rest 
in Christ. Can I tell you something? That rest and faith are attached to one another. That if you are a person of faith and you truly are trusting in Christ, it's going to be easier for you to rest in times of turmoil. It's going to be easier for you to rest in the middle of a storm. Jesus was sleeping in the middle of a storm. Why? He wasn't worried. He was at rest. In, in his inner man, he was at rest. If, if you're going through a storm right now, are you? And what would steal rest from you? Because if you're not at rest, something is stealing that rest from you. Is it lack of faith? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it confusion? Is it anger? What is stealing rest from you? I got a, I got a great scripture for you. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to read this out of the message, verse 17. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. A rock solid guarantee. And God cannot break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It is impossible for God to lie. So if God has made a promise... You have to know he's going to follow through with that promise. His promises are unchangeable. Let me say it this way. I, I, I knew the promises of God were unchangeable, and I thought they applied to, for all of you. There were just some times where I didn't know that they applied to me. Well, surely God is going to do it for them, but God, I just don't know that you're going to do it for me because I know me. And I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I don't deserve this miracle. And I know my weaknesses. And so I, I can, it was easier for me to believe for you than it was for me to believe for me. Maybe you've never gone through that. Don't go through that. I would, I would beg of you, don't go to that place because it's a miserable place. God's, God's promises not only apply to everyone else in this room, God's promises apply to you. They are personal to you. You can embrace them like the next person over can embrace them. God shows no favorites. His promises belong to you as a child of God. They are yours. So here's what a promise is. Write this down. A promise is an offer with a guaranteed result. It's an offer with a guaranteed result. What, what do I mean by that? If, if, you, if you think about all of the promises of God, a lot of the promises of God are if-then statements. If you, God says, then I. If you, then I. Okay, so one of the promises of God is, you can take this as a promise, it is a promise, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they're safe. Oh, okay, God has just promised you safety, but you've got some running to do. 
God has promised you safety, but you've got some running to do. What what, what I do? You run to the Lord in faith. God, I run to you today. And I know as I run to you that I am safe. And I declare it and I embrace it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what you do right there. I'm, I'm teaching you how to live by faith. See, the promises of God, they are offers with guaranteed results. They are offers with, God, with guaranteed results. So God will say, hey, listen, if, you, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their quick ways, then I, I'll hear from heaven and I'm going to do the miraculous. How many know that's an if you, then I statement? That's a promise from God, but, but, but there's, there is an offer there and a guaranteed result if, if we live a certain way. If we offer ourselves a certain way, if we run a certain way, if we believe a certain way, can I tell you something, everybody, that the promises of God apply to you, but you have to apply the promises of God. I'm going to say it again. The promises of God, they apply to you, but you have to apply the promises of God. A lot of people pay big money to go to conferences to hear stuff like that. If this was a Joyce Meyer conference, everybody, whoa, whoa. See, the promises of God apply to you, but you have to apply the promises of God. You have to take them. You have to embrace them. You have to live them out. You have to study his word, know what they are, and say, hey, this is a promise of God that I am standing on today. I'm standing on this promises. I've known people, maybe you've heard these stories too, and you might like, I don't like that at all, but I get it, everybody. I've known some people that have taken their Bible, they were hanging on to a promise, and they, they just said, Father, I just stand on your word. And they literally stood on top of their Bible just as an act of faith. I'm going to stand on your word. These promises are mine. You might, whoa, you shouldn't stand on the Bible. Listen, th- this, is a walk, this is a walk of faith, everybody. And they were just trying to apply the promises of God to their life. They were trying to to live by faith. Don't look down at them for that. In fact, I would encourage you. God might say, hey, listen, this is what I want you to do. God might put an idea in your your mind, in your heart. He might might ask something of you. He might, might give you an idea and say, hey, this is what I want you to do in prayer. This is what I want you to do. You know, there's been some times in prayer where I just felt the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, just tell me to, just to, to, to lower myself in the presence of the Lord. And I just got flat on my face before God. I, I, I prostrated myself before the Lord. I humbled myself before the Lord. And I knew in the moment that that's what God was asking of me. How many know it's fitting to... Humble ourselves before the Lord. And I'll tell you, God did the miraculous. I had an encounter with God that day when I just decided to humble myself before the Lord. He hasn't asked that of me every time I go to prayer. But I remember a time where he did. Will you humble yourself before me? Yes, Father, I will. And God showed up. God showed up. So you can rest in Christ because of his promises. And the second thing is, I'll hit this very quickly. You you, got to help others in need. You got to help others in need. 
So if you're not in the middle of a storm, can I tell you something somebody else is? Go help somebody who's in a storm. If you're not in a storm, go help somebody who, who is. You've got to help others in need. 2 Corinthians 9.13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. Why? For the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. When you help others, God gets glorified. When you help others, God receives praise. When you help others, God is exalted. And everybody will call out to God in thanksgiving for the life that you are living. A servant's life, a life of humility, a life of care, a life of compassion. And if you're not in the middle of a storm, you need to help somebody who is. Let me go even, even further than that. If you are in, in the middle of the storm, you still need to help somebody who is. What I found out, everybody, that when we're facing storms, it's good for me to help other people even in the middle of my storm because it gets my eyes off of my situation. And it's a reminder to me that God is big enough to not only answer their need, but to answer my need too. And so I get my eyes off of what I'm facing and I go and I help somebody else and God takes care of my needs as I take care of the needs of others. I'm just telling you how it works. Am I helping anybody today? I'm just saying you got to help some people. You got to care for other people. You got you to give to other people, help other people in need. And while you're doing that, you're embracing the promises of God in your own life. You're laying hold of the promises of God in your own life. I'd like you to stand up with me this morning. I I believe there's an encounter that the Lord would want us to have. And I want us to prepare our hearts for that. Could we just close up, close our eyes for a moment and just open our hands toward heaven? And let's just worship the Lord just for a moment. We worship your Father. In our worship, Lord, forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for our doubts. Forgive us for blaming you for what the enemy has been doing in our lives or our families, in our work, in our homes. I pray, Father, that every person in this room would be ministered to in a supernatural way because right now we're ready to encounter you. And we start this, Father, by worshiping you. And so we bless you and we honor you. Can we just lift our hands for a moment and just bless the Lord? We worship you, we worship you. In the middle of the storm, we worship you. We glorify your name. We trust you, Lord. 
we trust you. Because you're good. Because you're perfect. Because you love us. So we worship, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you. We bless you. We run to you. And we honor you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Father. We bless you, Lord. Come on, just let a spirit of worship take over this morning. We bless you. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you. We adore you. We thank you. We exalt you. We magnify you. We put you in the place that you deserve, the highest place, because Jesus is the name above all names. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are saved. And we thank you that you are a very present help in times of trouble. So we bless you. We worship you and honor you, and we glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, he's good, everybody. He's so good. This is how the Lord spoke to me. In the book of Job, we read that when you, when you decree a thing, it is established. We read in the book of Job, when you decree a thing, it is established that we, are, we belong to a kingdom, a kingdom in which we make declarations. We declare the promises of God. We declare the word of God. We decree those things. We speak those things because life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning we say what's in our hearts to say and we confess those things and God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his word. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to decree some things, and they're, they're things that we read from the Word of God. They're not promises that we, we're making up. They're promises that God allows us to proclaim and gave us the ability to believe in His Word. The Spirit of God has guided our hearts, and we take these things, we read these things in His Word, and then we embrace them and apply them to our lives, and we decree them. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I have, I have a prayer that I have, that I'm going to say, and I'm, as I say it, I just want you to repeat it back to me. And I, I want you to do it with just heads bowed, eyes closed, however you want to do it, and however, it, what, whatever place of worship you want to be, if you want your hands raised, if you want your hands open, if you just want to stand there, if you want to kneel, we're going to make some declarations this morning as we have an encounter with Jesus and as Jesus encounters our storms and he's going to rebuke the winds and the waves. And you're going to leave this place saying, you know what, I might be in a storm, but I'm making it because my God is good, because my God is for me. My God is going to do the miraculous because he loves me. And we're going to decree a thing and it's going to be established, amen? And I want you to repeat after me right now with every eye closed in this place. This is how we're going to do it. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, according to your own words, I declare your great and precious promises. I thank you for salvation in Christ, for healing all of my diseases, 
for redeeming my life from the pit. I thank you for crowning me with love and compassion and satisfying my desires with good things and renewing my youth. Come on, everybody. I declare that you are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. You are my Deliverer. You are my Healer. You are my Provider. You are my Portion. You are my All in All. I know that my best days are ahead. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Your favor is overtaking me because you love me and you're working for my good. So today I choose to trust you, to rest in you, and to give you all of the praise and all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate what the Lord is going to do in your life, in your heart. I'm telling you, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. You might be in the middle of a storm, but you're going to come out of it. Because God's going to do the miraculous. He's going to do the miraculous. I'm going to give one last, one last moment here. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today's a great day to do that. You'll never regret trusting the Lord Jesus as Savior. You'll never regret that. It's the best choice you've ever A lot of people say, boy, my wife was the best choice I've ever made. My spouse was the best choice I've ever made. That's a lie. The best choice I ever made was giving my life to Jesus Christ. It's the best choice I ever made, and you'll never regret it. And if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to give you one chance right now, and I'm not going to even have you raise your hands. It's just going to happen right where you are, and we're all going to pray this together. And again, I want everybody in the room to repeat after me. Would you do that? Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe in your life. I believe in the cross. I believe in the resurrection. I believe your Savior. I believe your Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I am now made new in Christ Jesus. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.